Sky Blue Fans TV. My name's Mark Smith, and tonight we'll be previewing uh, Saturday's away game at Sheffield United, which is an earlier quick kickoff than usual, 12.30, and is broadcast on Sky Sports. We've been joined tonight by two Sheffield United fans. We've got Johnny from the Shore on View. Good evening, Johnny. And evening. Ben from the Travelling Blade uh, podcast. Uh, evening, Ben. Thanks for coming on. Evening. Uh, we've also been joined by regulars Ken Stewart and Victoria Oaks. Uh, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, I just want to start from the Sheffield United view. Let's start with you, Johnny. Um, I've had one question coming on, on Twitter from Adam Hooper. Um, if you can just answer them as, as best you can. He wants to know what, what's, the, what's, what's the home game's been like atmosphere-wise. Um, from, from a comments perspective, who would you say is a danger man that we should watch out for? Um, do, you, do you feel Fleck is part, John Fleck, shall I say, is past his best? And how do, you, how do you expect the game to go? So let's start with how do you, what's the atmosphere been like so far? Um, apart from the Birmingham game on the opening day of the season, have you ever had a paper cut and just yeah. not being able to make that pain go away and yeah. gradually and gradually it just gets more sore and more sore and you just start to lose patience with it? Yeah. That's not as bad as going to Bramall Lane at the minute. It, <laughs> it's awful. It's quiet because everybody's just bored of what they're watching. It's, it's pretty toxic at the minute, and it doesn't help that you've got two two such distinct camps, I'll say, uh, in the fan base. One that's pro-board, one that just hates the board, and nobody can seem to find middle ground to remember that we all support the same football club. It's tribal warfare on the stands, and it's leading to a pretty negative atmosphere. Away fans usually didn't like coming to Bramall Lane. Now it's the biggest party at leading season for everybody. Give a decent following, decent city to drink in. Uh, cheaper than down south to boozing, and you come take away with three points. What was not to like? Yeah, sounds good. Um, and who do you think who's been your best player this season? Who do you think could cause Coventry problems from a Sheffield United perspective? Uh, I'll pick from two. First one's bloke with Zimmer for him up front, Billy Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Love the man to pieces. My, I've not got a bad word to say about Sharpe, but how he's still going and carrying this team on his back at his age is beyond me. Other one, uh, not really our player, but Morgan Gibbs-White, just a brilliant football player, leagues above us. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there, there is the chance that he could go back in January. Um, Wolves are saying that, no, that we'll, we'll stick with him, we'll let you keep him. I don't see it happening. I remember Blackpool saying that with Matt Phillips when we are in League One and that never happened. Yeah. And um, Ben, um, John Fleck, obviously next Coventry City player, um, how's he been playing for you? Do you think he's past his best? Uh, yeah, I think for me, um, as with most of our squad, and I think sort of our club as a whole, uh, peaked in the uh, the first Premier League season back in the uh, the nineteen twenty season before lockdown. Um, since then, uh, last season, this season as well, I think this season has been slightly better than last season. That's probably because he's playing against a lower caliber opposition that. They still make him look a bit, not you know. They still make him look inadequate, but they don't make him look absolutely woeful. Um, it, it's sad to say because I've I've always loved Fleck. Um, 
since the first time I saw him um, in 2016. He's been one of our best players um, under our rise to the from League One to the Prem. He was influential uh, even when we got to the Prem. Um, I think he was like one of our highest scorers that season. We didn't score many, but he was absolutely brilliant. But since then, as with most of our squad, um, he's passed his best. And it sort of hurts me to say, but I think he's one of several players who, it's sad because they've been phenomenal for us in the you know last three or four years. But the the, the life the the time with the club for me is up. Like they're in, they're at the end of the cycle with the club. Um, they've almost overstayed their welcome. Sometimes a season they'll have. Our midfield is pretty woeful. I'm sure Johnny will agree, other than Gibbs White, who ends up on the wing, to be fair. But um, you know, he's, he's, he sometimes is the best of a bad bunch. Um, you know, and the fact that I'll go, oh, yeah, Fleck played all right today, but that's probably me just watching him string a pass together. It's the stand, he's let you know, he's, he's set himself very high standards um, over the last few years. He's been phenomenal for us, but he, he's passed his best and he was past his best um, early on into last season, let alone this one. It's like what yeah. I said about Roman emperors, isn't it? It's like you have a stay there long enough to be the hero, but if you ever stay, you're welcome. You become unwelcome. It, yeah, yeah. It's kind of destroying his own legacy by sticking around too long. Maybe last season was the end of the tether for him. Yeah. Um, and Johnny, current form, not been great, uh, really, result-wise. Uh, just two wins in the last six games. Um, why is that, do you think, from a chef knife? You know, a team that just come down to the Premier League, you... A lot of people from the outside would say, you know, surely there should be at least playoffs pushing for promotion after being an ex-Premier League club. What, what's, what's been the problem this season? Uh, square pegs in round holes for a lot of it. Um, we're playing a formation that needs wingers. We don't really have any, which is always a good start. Yeah. Um, a lot, and we noticed this coming back after lockdown against Aston Villa with the ghost goal. Let's not take it away. Even with that, a 1-0 win would have been flattering. And ever since that game in the Premier League, we've not looked ourselves. And I think a lot of it is down to Jack O'Connell being missing. People say, well, he's only a defender. How can that be so important? You look at the way we played. He, Him bombing forward gives Ender Stevens a chance to attack, knowing he's got somebody next to him to cover him. And it gave Norwood an outlet. It, right now, Norwood can only ping it right. He can't ping it left and right like he used to do. And... It was like getting a jigsaw piece, putting it all together and then taking the centre pot out and goes, right, present that. It's like, well, it's not finished. Yeah. And mm. we don't have the money to replace Jack O'Connell. And when you've got players that have played in a system for, what is it, three, four years? Yeah. It's hard to break. Him. Yeah, it's hard to break him out of that cycle. And when you've got a defender, who, when I, I'd say when he was in the Premier League, bombing up and down, he was, if Aaron Maguire's worth 40 million, he's at least, at least worth 30. Uh, Sheffield United got 30 million to stick on a defender. Now we've barely got two openings to rub together to buy wingers. So yeah. it, we were always in a losing battle. And I just think that now we've got players that fit a certain system that we can't play. So we're trying to force them to play a new system and they just don't suit it. And that that's why we're so consistently inconsistent, if that makes any sense. What's, what's the formation that Jukanovic likes to play? Like, what's his, it's a 4 2 3 1. Yeah, it's to me with the players we've got, we need to be having a central striker. But it's the three that worries me. Instead of having two, like two wingers and an attacking midfielder, you should just play. You should have three in midfield, four three, then a two and a one. But those two behind the striker should kind of be two fake strikers, but able to drift wide. 
and yeah. use a bit of pace. Whereas at the minute we've got Billy Sharp running the wings. It's like get up front, stand over there. That's what you're good at. Yeah. Saying that, yeah. he's also he's our leading scorer and he's our leading assist leading creator. Assist. Messi. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I think with our midfield as well, like it, the the I think our weak. I mean, we're we're rubbish quite literally everywhere. But I think our weakest is area is for me is is midfield. Um, because it there just seems it, it's like you end up with like having the 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 front three having to like track back and do like, like the dirty work of the midfield, having to do like two roles in one, and then because because my me you know Sharp or Gibbs White has tracked back and won the ball, but then. They haven't got them themselves to pass forward to. So the midfield, like Fleck, Norwood, um, I don't even know who else plays there sometimes. Just whoever fans, pulls a you know the number out of the bag that week. It's just they're just absolutely woeful. They give the ball away. They can't keep onto it. They can't string passes together. Um, but I think it's like because I think it's also like to in defence of the midfield. I think which what hasn't been helped by Jack O'Connell. Sort of the movement forward. Yeah. Um, simply isn't there like when we were at our best um, people like Norwood had someone on the, each wing to float it out to but now that there's no one getting forward um, there simply isn't that so he has to stop and look and then he gets if you put any pressure I mean I'll, this is basically the team talk for you against Norwood you put any pressure on him whatsoever and he just cracks he just cracks if you run at him anything he, he, if he's got space he's like a prime Paul Scholes but yeah. any pressure on him and he's point crumbles right. You look at our midfield and the way that Slav's wanting to play, well, I say he wants to play, as soon as we hit the 75-minute mark, he raises the iron curtain and we just defend, defend, defend for some bizarre reason, whether we're two goals down or two goals up. But yeah. we, we play a system that demands two box-to-box midfielders that can get in the nitty-gritty and create going forward. And we, we don't have that available. We've got Our two theoretical best midfielders are both holding playmakers. Yeah. And you can't play this system like we've got with that kind with that kind of mismatch. So you need to adapt what you've got more. And we just don't have that available. And yeah. well, if we persist in doing the same thing over and over again and expecting miracles to work, we're just going to keep struggling. Yeah. Uh, I just want to bring Ken in. He's got a question, I think. Yeah, good evening, lads. It's both of you, really. I just wanted to know what, what the story behind Chris Wilder leaving the club. I mean, because for me, he's a very good manager. And, and he looked, well, he looked like a good manager from the outside. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, obviously, it was strange when he left. I, I don't know what what was the reason he left because he never actually gave a reason, did they? He ben, didn't get sacked, did he? He left by mutual agreement, was it? Ben, you take this one. I've already been so, saying it online <laughs> for this. <laughs> so just before you joined the uh, call, Ken, uh, on, John, Johnny, and myself were talking to Mark about we obviously Chris yeah. Wilder came up and we, yeah. me and Johnny, were both saying it's like a an ex-lover. You know, we had some good times together, but I don't want to see their face or their name because it just brings back. Bad memories yeah. and just makes me feel a bit sad about you know happier days gone by. And in terms of why Chris Wilder left, obviously we were doing very very poor in the league, and um, in my opinion, I think yeah. the media got it wrong. The media presented it as a sacking because um, you went you ended up with people like might be wrong this, but it's like Robbie Savage coming out and saying, yeah, I don't think he should have been sacked, but maybe he was just trying to spin a story, or maybe I think he'd just been misinformed, and the media spun it as sort of like a sacking kind of thing. There's loads of people mentioning, going, oh, I can't believe you've sacked Wilder. Like, well, I don't think it wasn't. I think for me is um uh Chris Wilder is a very uh is a very stubborn person, um, which is one of the reasons why he was so successful. He, you know, he he basically, you know, he knew what he wanted. He wasn't a yes man, um, like other teams have. Um, yeah, you know, he he he, he respected himself. Um but I think there was um it was a bit uh pig-headed at times. Um and I think 
you know, they'd, they'd, I think I, like, I remember like Johnny will know like, over Chris Wilder's tenure, there was a, I think at least uh, two or three times before um, where it was, it was close where he was leaving. I remember once was uh, the end of the 17-18 season, which was our first season back in the championship. I remember being at Bristol City away and we were all chanting, Chris Wilder, we want you to stay because there was unrest in the camp yeah. then. Uh, the January of our horror season, which was, uh, well, I suppose January of 2020, uh, there was rumours whether he was going to leave then. And then obviously towards the end of that season, he did leave. Um, for me, I think it was just at loggerheads with the board. Um, mm. I think there was something, I don't know if like, I think Chris Wilder was quite uh, old fashioned. Like That sounds derogatory, but in the fact that he was the manager, he wasn't the head coach or the first team coach. He, like, you know, he was the manager, which you don't get a lot of that now these days, even with your top end, you know, decorated managers. Um yeah, and I think he he wanted he wanted his fingerprints on everything. Um, I don't think the board wanted that. And I mean, admittedly, um, as much as I love Chris Wilder and I worshipped worshipped him in, in his tenure, um, his, his signings towards the end, sort of when they, we spent more money, the signings weren't they weren't that good signings. He brought in some gems on the cheap in the lower leagues, but when we got to the Premier, we had to spend big on the likes of McBurney, um, who did all right in that first season. To be fair, uh, Brewster. The, the money that, the, uh, you know, even Sander Berg, who's like, you know, been littered with injuries in his time, it, it didn't spend that well. And I think like, the I, I always got the impression that the club sort of wanted to remove some of Chris Wilder's autonomy in a way and maybe bring in more staff, sort of like a head of football and head of recruitment. Yeah. I, I feel like it was just a massive over-agreement and that, and now there's this big non-disclosure agreements hanging over both sides. Uh, so both that's sort of body to move, move, in, move in a different direction, basically. Yeah, I think I feel like they wanted to keep him, but they wanted him to have less authority. I mean, I don't know. I'm just this is what I can imagine how it went, and then it just ended up yeah. in a big row, and then we all saw what happened. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, I'll sum it up a lot quicker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, imagine getting blamed for a load of players that been brought in, and only one of them's your signing. Um, imagine wanting four new training pitches, getting promised it all summer. And then finding out that you've had that money spent on a player that you can't actually play, signed behind your back, and then sent off to a foreign club on loan. Um, <laughs> imagine having a meeting discussing what you like transfer target wise, and being told that's not marketable enough. Would you stay in the job? Yeah, you, you'd want to yeah. walk. You know, you'd, like people think uh, the board have done certain things well. Can't take that away from them. I, I just think now where we're at a stage where the board have delusions of they can't take any kind of criticism. Maybe it's because of the royalty, but they have to look at themselves and some of the nonsense that they come out with and put down as spin. Chris Wilder's not perfect. He had his down points. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. But we need to get past that now. And now you look at the board and they're still making the same mistakes that they were making under Wilder. I mean, yeah. Slav had a warning yeah. uh, against Luton for coming out and saying the same things Wilder got warnings for. Does that scream that Wilder was the problem? Not in my book. But anyway, uh, that's now yeah. going to get me abused on Twitter. So there's your little nugget of information. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because it, it's difficult because he was a fan as well, wasn't he? And that's mm, what yeah. I suppose made it made it even harder when 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 a, a loyal fan sort of leaves the club. Is obviously some sort of unrest. I had a funny feeling it was sort of a little bit to do with behind the scenes and the board maybe and just the way it happened. But but that happens. That's football, isn't it? And sometimes you've got to move on and. Sometimes it's for the better, isn't it? So, or not in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes a bit of a gamble, but 
Yeah, that said, though, I think even if we had Chris Wilder, I don't think we'd be playing much better um, at the minute, if, if given the current players. But, not, not, yeah. not with that improvements in the team. No, no manager could do... I think a manager could do better than what we are doing. I don't think we'd be pushing for promotion, though. It's, yeah. it's we have, There's no money there for wages, and yeah. that's been the case when people have been brought in. It's like, oh, we spent all this money on Brewster. But it's like, yeah, but he wasn't first choice. We brought him in because his wages were cheaper than other options. Yeah, well, I think it'll, it'll be interesting it. to see. Interesting to see how he gets on at Middlesbrough, won't it? Hello, thanks for that. We've got that on boxing. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I know. Just, just going for, working the way to work. Chef United manager Von Warnock to Wilder. They'll be after. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, next. True. I'm not ready yeah, yet. Yeah. I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so that's that's the view of the red corner. Let's hear the view of the blue corner. Um, Vicky, um, from from a Sky Blues perspective. Uh, on Saturday's game, obviously the one in force change. Um, Todd Kane coming in with the suspension of Ian Matson. Uh, what other changes would you see in personnel from from the last game against Bristol City? Not sure I'd make any mark. I think that um, I mean we we had such a good game. It was a shame really for the international break to come along because I think that there was so much positivity on the back of that game that we really just wanted to carry on, didn't we? But um, I think. I, I would put my stick with that that side up to Sheffield United. I think that um, that that puts us in a good um, stead to to hope to get points. I think it's a difficult game to call, really, isn't it? Because we're um, inconsistent away from home. Sheffield United are inconsistent generally. So I think it probably depends which team turns up for both teams as to what's actually going to happen on Saturday. So it's quite a hard one to call, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, but but, but team-wise, I'd I'd start the same. Um, other than Kane, obviously, I'd start the same as a, as the Bristol City game for for me. Yeah, Kane. What's what situation with Clark Salter? Is he is he fit? I know you've taken I, off. I him. think yeah, I think he's got a bit of a bit of a niggle injury. So I think they'll leave a decision on him to the last possible minute. But um, you know, they could all bring Hyon back, couldn't they? Or somebody. I mean, they've got plenty of uh, options there. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I am coming back to be honest into the team. To be fair, but uh, it's always a difficult place to go, Bramall Lane. Uh, Not at minute. I've got some bad memories of that ground. I remember losing in the quarterfinal of the cup. There, we were winning lot like, until the final minutes, and then we lost on penalties in the end. Alan um, Kelly, the best there ever was. That was a yeah. few years ago, but I've got a few bad memories from that ground. But yeah, it's always a difficult place to go to. It's always a good atmosphere there, so it will be a hard game and. Um, I wouldn't make any changes. I'd keep the same team, to be fair, if, if possible. Has Moro been starting for your guys? Yeah, yes. he, yeah. He's, he's been absolutely yeah. fantastic for us. Cracking signing, that's been yeah. cracking oh. signing. <laughs> Stop it. Don't mention yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Well, can we have him back, please? Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. He's, he's, no, he's just so agile and he's quick off his line. Um Possibly one, certainly up there, one of the best keepers in the championship, I would say. He's, yeah, he he, dom- he dominates his box as well, which is not what yeah. we did got with the former last keeper last year. We we had a few dodgy moments, but to be honest, you can count mistakes on one hand he's made this year, not very many. Yeah. And he's he's been solid. Yeah, he's been solid for us. Especially yeah. Fad- sorry, Fadzi doing so well for your centre half and all. Yeah, he's doing well. To be fair, I mean he's had a good season so far. He's always he's always subject to the odd mistake now and again, but. You know, touch wood. He's been he's he's been okay this year. He's been really dominating at the back. 
and it's led by example, really. Um, you know, at the whole back four, really uh, made yeah. very, very little mistakes, and it helps if you've got a good keeper, I think, behind you, uh, yeah. give you a bit of confidence, and that that helps the back four as well with confidence. So, <laughs> I think Fazdin yeah. uh, has been uh, absolutely superb for us this year. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, I think he's he's made a massive improvement from last season. Um, my 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 criticism of Fads for me is I think he's a good player against a big, strong, physical striker. He likes the battle. He's really good in that. I think where he can struggle a bit is against players with a little bit of pace, in my opinion. Um, but overall, he's he's done very well. Um, so the only other the only other I mean. Just, just from my 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 point of view, I'd like to see Liam Kelly given the start. Actually, that's just my view. He he hasn't been hasn't played as much as he did last season. But yeah. great thing about Kelly is his, his distribution. He never gives the ball away, as as our famous chant goes. Yeah. And you know, like the, the goal he sets up for, for Matty Godden was just a sublime pass. Um. So he's got he's got that in his locker, and I I, I would I'd like to see him in centre midfield with Hamer. Because I think you need someone who can just, um, you know, give the back three a bit of protection, and that, and that allows Hamer just to roam a bit further forward. So that, that who would you who I would, would you take out though, Mark? Who would you take out? Um, I think, I mean, the team I would go for. I mean, the thing I'm I'm sort of thinking about is the defence in terms of mm. if you haven't got Clark Salter, you've got Rose. You're probably thinking of Dom Hyam. Yeah, and, and and Fads as your back as your three, I think he'll go Dabo on the left, uh, Todd yeah. Kane on the right would be my my two, um, and then I'd say I, I'd go Kelly and and Hayman in the middle, um, yeah. and then you got you got O'Hare just behind you know the front two of Vic, Big Vic and um, and Matty Godden that would be uh, the, the team I would go for personally. I'm, I I just think. I think this is definitely a great opportunity to win at Sheffield United. I mean, you've heard, you've heard um, Johnny and, yeah. and Ben's views there. That, you know, yeah. you know the morale is quite low there, and I think this is the sort of game we've got to take advantage of. If we yeah. want to do well this season and get in, this, in the top six, we have to go to places like Sheffield United and win. We can't, we can't no longer say to ourselves, "Oh, we'll be happy with a point," because you know, as, as good as our home form is, you know, you need you need your away wins. Your away wins are the difference yeah, yeah. between top six yeah. and mid table. So. Mm. You know, Sheffield United not on a good run, so it's a great opportunity to try and cash in and, and, and you know and win the game, which I know. Um, you know, that's, that's just my view, but let's see what happens. Um we'll bring Vicky in. I just gonna ask um Johnny and uh, Ben, I don't know how much of Coventry City you've seen this season, but um if there's any sort of players that you're particularly worried about facing on Saturday or maybe even that you'd like to have in your team if you had the opportunity. Um, Simon just, Moore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, we say, I'm not seeing too penalty. <laughs> oh, honestly, probably that's not going to happen. Keepers always, have, especially ex keepers, always have amazing games against us. Always, you know, how they always say ex strikers always score against you. Well, we also got it at both ends. We've got keepers and all because they always have a blinder against us. Yeah. And I can't hate him for it because I love the guy to pieces. He's such a genuinely nice bloke. And I, it, it'll get a plus more for besides at ground. Yeah, I don't think Simon Moore will have a, a good game on Saturday simply because he won't have a shot to save. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll, you know, he, you know, he may as well stay at home for for all it'll be. I think um, 
I haven't seen, um, I think it just shows how devoid of confidence I am, but I haven't seen much of Coventry City this season. Um, I, the only bit I've seen is like Simon Moore pulling off a triple save early on in the season on Twitter. Um, but basically, any player, to be honest, any player <laughs> that just sort of runs at us, we are done for. As I think we're just so devoid of all confidence. I remember Ken on about uh, having good confidence. I think there's no com- the back line. Um, um, you know, they're trying to transition from being a, a, a sort of like a, a back five or back three wing backs to a back four. There's just no, <clears throat> there's no confidence, especially late on. We've got a really good night. I can think of um, just just at home uh, away. I don't know. There's probably some more there, but we've thrown away three um, like game changing goals um, very late on at home. We're talking like 94 plus here, where it's either like gone from a win to a draw or a draw to a loss. Um, we sort of like get to around the 80-minute mark and then just become really, really nervous. We might be 1-0 up, 2-0 up. Um, even game, like, I remember we had a home game um, and um, I think it was might have been Preston at home. And we took the lead, we went 2-1 up in like the 85th minute, thinking, oh, cracking, you know, here we go. Uh, and then 95th minute, they equalised. We just absolutely flap in the last 10 minutes. Um, so, honestly, I'd, any like I said, obviously, would love to have Simon Moore just for a bit of confidence because... I don't rate our current lad, Robin Olsen, even though Sweden's number one. Um, he must be like up against PewDiePie and Zlatan's footkeeper spot to be getting that place. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and honestly, we're just, we've got no confidence. that There's no confidence in the in the lane. The, the fans have got no confidence. The team have got no confidence. So anyone that just has, shows a bit of purpose will um, tear through us. I quite like Amo. I've always liked Amo. I always just sign him on football manager. I just think it's something about him. He's got that grit to him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, I mean, Homer's he's one of them players he, he likes to put his foot in, but sometimes yeah. he, he he can be a bit reckless and he always gets, yeah. for me, he always picks up a yellow card pretty much every he's time. Sub, he he's plays. subject to a booking, isn't he? And uh, yeah. he's had a few warnings off referees in the past, so yeah. I'll take that a minute. I'll take that. So it's yeah. entertaining at least, even if we're not going for <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to watch. Yeah. So let's go for predictions for Saturday's game. Uh, let's go for the red corner. Let's start with Johnny on the red corner. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? It's going to be a thoroughly entertaining, exhilarating, enjoyable one 0 win for Coventry. I Fair agree. One nil. Ninety-second minute winner. Coventry yeah, one 0 Nailed on. Callum McFadden's really? in the back post corner. Yeah, oh. honestly, it'll be a late winner for Coventry. We'll we'll have a bit, quite a lot of the ball. Do nothing with it. Uh, you'll just have a couple of runs, frighten our defence, and that'll be that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're used to 90th minute winners last game. We scored the 92nd <laughs> oh, minute against Bristol no. City. So, you we, know, we've scored a few, we've scored a, we've scored a few over the season, haven't we? Yeah. No it's happening that. again. What's the odds? <laughs> we, call, we call it Robin's time, not Fergie time. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely, you'll definitely bag against us. Yeah. In the blue corner, I'm going Ken. What's your. Well, I, I, simply because there's no, I don't think there's any easy games in this division because anybody on the day can beat anybody, as we know with some of the results we've seen. So I think it'll be a lot closer than than people are making it. I, I think we're, we're I, I fancy our chances. I, I'm going to go for a two-one win. Two-one win, uh, Vicky. Yeah. Um, well, I'm feeling much more optimistic after this conversation. So that that's um that's been a nice enjoyable evening. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm going to go two 0 now. I, I thought it was going to be tighter than that, but I think having spoken to um Johnny and Ben, I'm I'm feeling really quite positive about the whole situation now. And yeah. so two two nil for me. <laughs> well, it worked, Ben. We've pulled them into that false sense of security. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it it, well, it my... won't be entertaining, but you'll win. Yeah. yeah. 
my prediction I, I actually went for 1-1 um before this uh, podcast um i might might change it but i'm, I'm gonna stick to 1-1 because i'm always wrong with predictions so i'm hoping that we'll win so yeah um i think it's gonna be I mean, like you know what? I'll, t- I'll take a point mark there i'll take a point to be fair yeah but, yeah you take a point but it goes back to what i said before it you know Sheffield yeah, Sheffield United on a bad you know bad run confidence low you've got to take advantage of that you know you can't you can't yeah. always be happy and say, "Oh, I'm happy with a point," because you, you, we say that for 23 games, and then, you know. So yeah. I think a point's fine if if we beat, you know, Birmingham in midweek. But you know, three points, um, and that you know, this is a game I feel we we should be looking at three points. We should be targeting three points. They're low in confidence. Mm. You know, you heard the guys there. Yeah. Not not playing great. So you know, we're just believing ourselves, uh, and we've got to be ruthless in front of goal. We can't. You know, we've got to take our chances because you know how games go. And, you know, as we, we've all watched football before. You know, you, you, you have a game where you miss so many chances and the, the other team score at the other ends. And, and that can happen in football. So Yes, it's, certainly can. Yeah. You know, I think my, my, my gut feeling is 1-1. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm rubbish at prediction. So don't, don't take that as gospel, really. So, yeah. Um, so I think the general view of, of the pod is, is a Coventry win, which delights three of us and not, the other two, obviously, um, <laughs> which means I'll it probably be, will be, be a Sheffield United win, that won't exactly, it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I should have Sheffield United win. So I'm, I'm very, very annoyed about that. Um, yeah. just sort of round up. Um, so guys, um, from a away fan's point of view, um, what's the best sort of pubs to go to, um, sort of pre match for, for the away fan? What fans they don't like you go into, yeah, I think really? it's Howard and Globe, yeah. Other than that, you've got to get in little small groups and sneak off into town, I think. Um Tayware is good and it um I think it's um I've definitely seen away fans in the in the past and I think they're still allowed in. Um it's not far off of London Road called the Beer Engine. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's quite good. It's like you can go in there and away fans are welcome and you, it's uh, quite civil in there as well. And it's if you like beers as well, it's cracking. So yeah, and it's it's about um about ten minute walk, if that from Bramall Lane, five, six minute walk, I'd say, from yeah. Bramall Lane. And you, you'll hit the away end first as well. So that's a, a good one. Okay, brilliant. My, my advice to people on the train is you, you're going to get trying, you're going to get off the train, everybody's going to see a pub and head that way. And that's when they've got you done. Head left, yeah. head yeah. towards the sides of Bramall Lane and head there because otherwise you're going to get stuck in um, Howard more than likely. Uh, and they'll, yeah. pen, they'll pen you in there and you'll get to the game with. Five minutes to go, and you'll be rushing through turnstiles. They do, they do it to everybody. Um, so, like Ben has just said, set your sat navs and your phone stick beer engine, and Ed and take that over. At least that'll be interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. there's um on Bramall Lane as well. There's one called Triple Point Brewery as well, um, which is just sort of on the way to the ground from the station. And I've not been in there for a bit, but I'm, they were like away fan friendly. It's sort of similar to Beer Engine, uh, fairly civil, some nice craft beers on, and yeah, away fan friendly. So. That's my recommendations. Yeah, Thog, Thog done likes it, so I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we'll wrap up this podcast tonight. Uh, thanks, thank you once again to Johnny and Ben for for coming on and uh, talking about Sheffield thanks United. Thanks for having us. Thank That's you for having me. Yeah, thanks, You're Cheers, absolutely lads. You're welcome. Thanks uh, as usual to Ken and Vicky for your your contributions tonight. Um, we'll look to release this podcast this Thursday. Um, so we'll put a tweet out just to. Uh, let everyone know and obviously we'll push it out on other social media channels like Instagram and Facebook. Thanks once again for the pod, play up Sky Blues and speak to you soon. Good night. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, lads.